John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Our scripture reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Hear the word of the Lord. And then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay everything back. The master, the, the master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him about a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back for what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay off his debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant in, You wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just like I did for you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. And Jesus said, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. I have a simple prayer. May these words I'm about to preach be as if you were standing here preaching them. So Lord, anoint Anoint this message. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Forgiveness. Bruce Goodrich. Aggie class of 1987. He started off at R.L. Thomas High School. He graduated in 82 Upon completion of his studies at Monroe Community College, where he was on the tennis team up in New York, he then transferred to A&M. He entered the Corps of Cadets. Because he was in the class of 87, some of the hazing involved in, had him do exercises 87 times. One night, Bruce was forced to run until he dropped. He died of heat stroke. And in February 1984, three Texas A&M students plea bargained with the district attorney so they would have no criminal record. They were to perform 100 hours of public service. 
paid $320 and the charges of criminally negligent homicide would be erased. A fourth cadet was given a year probation for destroying evidence. The Brazos County prosecutor said, quote, the plea by Goodrich's father, Ward Goodrich. I consulted with him on numerous occasions, his wishes being that an incident like this did not happen again at Texas A&M University. A short time after the tragedy, Bruce's father wrote a letter to the administration, faculty, student body, the Corps cadets, and our community. This is what he wrote, quote, I would like to take this opportunity to express the appreciation of my family for the great outpouring of concern and sympathy from Texas A&M University and the college community over the loss of our son, Bruce. We were deeply touched by them in the battalion. And then this hopefully is on screen for you. He continues, we were particularly pleased to note that his Christian witness did not go unnoticed during his brief time on campus. Mr. Goodrich went on, I hope it will be some comfort to know that we harbor no ill will in this matter. We know our God makes no mistakes. Bruce had an appointment with his Lord and is now secured in his celestial home. And when the question is asked, why did this happen? Perhaps one answer will be so that many will consider where they will spend eternity. You and I are not likely to have to forgive at the level of the Goodrich family. But when we need to forgive, and when we need to try to reconcile with other people, how does our Christian faith help us in those times? Pastor Jeremy and I have been teaching a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, and today I'm focused on that passage that makes all of us stop when we pray and we pray, Lord, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. There are many, many commands in the Bible for us to forgive other people. We're even given a step-by-step pattern on how to forgive brothers and sisters in the church. In the New Testament, here's what it says. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Did you get that? Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, then take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. In 37 years of pastoral ministry, I encounter people all the time who are trying to forgive someone else. Someone that deeply hurt them. Maybe not at the level that the Goodrich family experienced, but sometimes maybe even deeper. We know as believers in Christ that to follow in His steps mean we 
have to forgive like Jesus or else we're not following him. We have to forgive like Jesus. And then if it's possible to achieve reconciliation. But there's a difference between forgiveness on the one hand and reconciliation on the other. Here's a good quote about that. Don't confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. Forgiving someone is one thing, but when it comes to reconciling the relationship, they need to show a repentant heart and take responsibility for their actions. Reconciliation can only occur through a changed heart. Let me say it this way. Forgiveness is all on you. Reconciliation takes two. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is all on you. Reconciliation takes two. Forgiveness is your work. Jesus told a parable about forgiveness. Pastor Jeremy read it today. It's the parable of the unmerciful servant. He had been forgiven, but he refused to forgive the little bit of debt somebody owed him. I don't even think I need to explain this parable. I think everybody gets this parable without explanation. The lack of forgiveness really becomes your prison. As a matter of fact, in the parable, it says he was man was thrown into prison till he paid his debt. Really, that's a metaphor. When you don't forgive someone, you've put yourself in prison. And until you forgive and set the other person free from the debt they owe you, you, you will not be set free. You will be imprisoned yourself. And that unforgiveness will cause you to be bitter and broken. Forgiveness is always required by God. Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive? I put the have to. I think it's there. How many times do I have to forgive? And Peter said, how about seven? He thought that was good. Jesus said, "Mm mm-mm. 70 times 7, infinitely. Because the Lord forgives you just that much. Forgiveness is all on you. Reconciliation takes two. That's not up to you completely. It takes two. But we are called to reconcile. That's why Jesus said this. If you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them. Then come and worship. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus clearly warned us that God will not forgive our sins if we don't forgive those who sin against us. It's not that we earn God's forgiveness by forgiving others. It's that God expects us to forgive others because we have graciously been forgiven. So we are called to graciously and mercifully forgive other people. Can I get an amen, church? Yet forgiveness is different than reconciliation. It is possible to forgive somebody and not offer immediate reconciliation. 
either because you're so hurt or because there's just no trust at the moment. Reconciliation is focused on restoring broken relationships. Reconciliation takes two. And where trust is deeply broken, it takes a lot of work and some time to rebuild that trust. Reconciliation and restoration of a relationship takes time and trust. And if you want to see the evidence of genuine forgiveness, then it will be when you look into your heart and you realize you no longer have a personal desire for vengeance, vindictiveness, or any retribution. Instead, you have a heart's desire to restore their relationship. That's how you know you have forgiven people. Biblical reconciliation, let me define it. It's the process, and it's a process, of two previously alienated parties come together to achieve peace with each other. Because God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, we can reconcile with each other no longer counting our offenses against one another. Reconciliation not only requires time and trust, but one more thing, real repentance. Real repentance. Let me say it a third time, real repentance. God's not going to grant forgiveness to anyone who's insincere about their confession and repentance. The person who's unwilling to forsake their sin will not find forgiveness. I was reading to prepare for this message and I came across a really good list of things that are signs of real repentance. It's from the gospelcoalition.org, a great website, gospelcoalition.org. Seven signs of genuine repentance. Number one, you accept full responsibility for what you have done. You don't blame anybody else. Number two, you welcome accountability from other people. Number three, you do not continue the hurtful behavior or anything connected to it. Number four, you don't have a defensive attitude about being in the wrong. That's humility. Number five, you don't dismiss or downplay that you've hurt somebody. Number six, you don't resent the doubt about your own sincerity or the need to demonstrate your sincerity, especially if this is something that happens time and time again. And lastly, you make restitution. So what's the principle about restitution? Restitution is when you attempt to restore that which has been damaged or destroyed and seek justice wherever we have the power to act or to influence those in authority. Restitution is easy when it's just giving back that which has been taken. If you steal something from somebody, restitution is simple. Give it back. Restitution is a whole lot harder when what you've done is gossip and demean and lie about another person. What can you do then? Where can that person go to get their reputation back? So I have a question today. In what ways do you need to restore that which has been damaged? 
in a broken relationship? Do you have any relationships in your life that have been broken? I want to tell you a story. About 30 years ago, I was a pastor in Spurger, Texas. I preached a sermon one day on forgiveness and reconciliation. I've tried to do that at least once a year in ministry. I did it that day. And a man who had just begun to come to church was there. His name was Mr. Brown. He began to cry when I was preaching, which was a little bit unnerving when you're preaching. I didn't know what was going on until later he told me. The Holy Spirit was speaking to this man. He had been estranged from his son who lived only about 40 minutes away. Mr. Brown was heartbroken that they had such a broken relationship, and he knew it was mainly, almost exclusively, because of him. He had been very hurtful to his son. He'd hurt him so deeply. And he also had too much pride to admit it until that day. And so he knew what he had to do was to leave his gift at the altar and not come back to worship until he went and spoke to his son, who was and is a very famous TV anchorman in the Golden Triangle. He's the weatherman named James Brown. Not the guy that says, whoo, I feel good. Not that James Brown. James Brown is a Christian. And he and his father hadn't spoken. They came together that week. The father asked his son for forgiveness. They began the hard work to rebuild trust, which takes time. And James wanted to see if his father was really repentant. And he was. I knew all this because a few months later they invited me to their family reunion in Spurger. They introduced me as the pastor brought the family back together. But I really didn't do that. Mr. Brown listened to the Holy Spirit. And he was obedient. He was obedient to God telling him, go and forgive and reconcile and ask for forgiveness. Mr. Brown deserves the credit. And James deserves the credit. Because they demonstrated what Christians should do. Forgive and then, if it's possible, to reconcile with one another. Obviously, it was not me. But it was the obedience to the Lord that made the difference. It's near impossible to have reconciliation when one side will not repent and honestly own up to their sin. But with God, I'm here to tell you the good news, with God, all things are possible. Amen? With God, all things are possible. Don't you think it's time that you let go of some past hurts? That's forgiveness. 
And then if it's possible, take a step toward reconciliation. The Bible tells us in two places about that. It says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In another place it says, make every effort to live in peace with everybody and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Or apparently, part of holiness is forgiving and reconciling. As God has forgiven you, you are to forgive those who've hurt you. And as God has reconciled with you through the blood of Jesus, you are to reconcile with others if it's possible. And how will you know it's possible if you don't try? Forgiveness is all up to you. That's your inner work. Reconciliation takes two. Maybe you have broken relationships in your family, friendships, here at church. Maybe forgiveness and reconciliation is in your future this week. It will depend on whether or not you're obedient to the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Every time that you and I pray using the pattern of the Lord's Prayer, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We ought to stop and see how our relationships are and listen to the Holy Spirit speak. To forgive others also sets you free. But in the midst of forgiving others their sins and letting those go, let yourself go the next step to reconciliation if it's possible. What is the Holy Spirit saying to your heart today about a broken relationship? I got good news. As far as it remains with you, all you have to do is to receive the forgiveness of sins that Jesus has already won for you on the cross. By His blood, He has cleansed all of your sins. You are forgiven and you are reconciled to God by grace through faith. And like the unmerciful servant, We're now called to find out if we're going to forgive the person that owes us, who wronged us, who hurt us. Let's pray. Father, I give you thanks today that we are cleansed from sin through the blood of Jesus, reconciled to you, Father, all because we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, but because of grace. But Lord, as believers... People hurt us too. And we sin as well as sin against. Lord, if there's anybody that we've sinned against, reveal that to us and let us go make that right. To really repent, really repent. And try to rebuild the trust. And Lord, if there's somebody we need to forgive and be reconciled with, then show us. Help us to be obedient to you. Let there be not brokenness here, but the healing 
that comes from obedience to Christ and the freedom from just letting it go. Father, I pray for anyone that needs to take an action step this week. Help them remove all pride and to humble themselves to forgive and be forgiven. That's my prayer, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.